How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Cavs play-by-play man on Bally Sports, the great John Michael. John, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, gentlemen. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, Would have done a little bit better if Jared Allen wasn't sick, and, and apparently some gamblers are upset about this. Can you help us lay to bed the concerns gamblers had over Jarrett Allen's mysterious sickness. Was Jarrett really sick? <laughs> Jarrett indeed was sick. Uh, it was unfortunate. I mean, boy, that was a game screaming out for some injuries down the stretch. And unfortunately, Jarrett went out in the first half, uh, was unable to return. We haven't gotten an update since then uh, in terms of available for the rest of the trip. But, yeah, it was a it was a tough loss, uh, particularly on that defensive end in a game, I think, in which the Cavs uh, would have been able to uh, exploit uh, inside. And unfortunately, he goes out, and the Cavs weren't able to hang on and win that game in the fourth quarter. Did the Utah Jazz provide the team flight meal? <laughs> <laughs> they did not, but I, I like the conspiracy theory. Do you have any more? What, what else is floating around? Let, let me, there let right me bring up Twitter real quick. I'm sure I can find <laughs> six or seven real quick. So, looking to last night, why were the Jazz able to spoil Donovan Mitchell's revenge game? Well, look, it was a team that, you know, they were pumped up from the very beginning. That's a difficult place in which to play. And let's not discount the Jazz are a pretty good basketball team. I mean, not a lot of folks thought that they'd make much noise this season, but they're right around 500. They got off to a fantastic start on a new head coach, Will Hardy, at 10-3. and They've come back to earth a little bit, but they've suffered a lot of tight losses throughout the year, and they play hard. You know, and it was just one of those games where the Cavs, didn't have enough down the stretch. They got hurt by a seven-point possession uh, by the Jazz, which gave the Jazz the lead that they would not relinquish in the last couple of minutes. Uh, you know, it's one of those games. You know, the Cavs are on the road. I thought they played fairly well. Their defense was great down the stretch. Where they got hurt was free throws in the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, the Cavs lick their wounds, move on to Portland, see if they can uh, finish this trip at 3-2. and two. John, uh, looking looking here, because last night was uh, the so-called revenge game for Donovan Mitchell going back to Utah for the first time playing in front of the Jazz fans as a broadcaster. Do you have a favorite revenge game that you can remember, or was last night at since Donovan? Listen, they lost, but he did score 46 points. Yeah, I don't, I don't think – yesterday didn't really feel like a revenge game for Donovan. You know, I mean, it's not like he was jaded – by the Jazz organization, and you could tell that both ways. I mean, Donovan went in there, and he received a lot of love, and he spoke glowingly about his first five seasons in the NBA. But, boy, you had a sense. I mean, Donovan showed us uh, just in his first few months as a Cavalier, you, you had a sense that he was going to come through 
with a game like that. You know what comes to mind for me, guys, is that last season when Jared Allen was left off the original all-star list, he went into Charlotte and just took it out on the Hornets and on Miles Plumley down there, went for a 2020 game, you know, as if to say, hey, listen, I should have been an all-star. And then only days later was named by the commission all-star replacement. So that. That one is fresh in the mind uh, in terms of a revenge game, and I think it was more revenge on the league and, you know, saying to everybody, Jared Allen, I'm an all-star, and it turned out that he was that season. John, do you recall um, in, in your broadcasting career, and maybe you have because you've done a zillion games, uh, a seven-point possession? No, I think that was the first one. that I think that's the first one we've had. I mean, that's the maximum in that spot, and it's, you know, it was a new rule brought in a couple of seasons ago that reckless closeouts could be considered a flagrant foul. You know, you think back, guys, it was a series a handful of years ago, Golden State uh, and San Antonio, Kawhi Leonard was a spur, and Zaza Pachulia closed out and got his foot underneath Kawhi Leonard, and Pachulia had had a reputation for doing things like that, which was pointed out by Spurs head coach Greg Popovich, that took Leonard out for the rest of the playoffs and basically dashed the Spurs' hopes. And that was where this all originated. That was the genesis of this rule that you can't close out recklessly and get under another player. That one hurt, I mean, for the Cavs, obviously. You know, a question mark whether it was a reckless closeout uh, by the Cavs. Karis LeVert, Jordan Clarkson was moving forward on the play. It's clear, guys, when the shooter is going straight up and down and then the closeout comes underneath that area, right? I mean, that's, that's clear that that's a reckless closeout, particularly when you're closing from a long distance away. There, you know, there was some gray area there because I don't think there's any question. Clarkson's feet were moving forward. Levert's feet were moving into that spot. He got hit with a flagrant foul there, and it turned into a seven-point possession, which ultimately, I'm not going to say cost the Cavs the game, but the Cavs had the lead, and after the seven-point possession, they never had the lead again. So it was a big call in a big spot, and no, I think that's the first time that since that rule came into play, you know, the reckless closeout rule came into play last season, since that came into play over the last two years, I think that's the first time the Cavs have been hit by a seven-point possession. You know, John, one thing you said on the air, I I didn't know this rule, so he gets, what, two free throws, but he, 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 he can make one out of the two? That's right. If you hit that three, if that three goes down on a reckless closeout, then you can't get five points on the play, right? Right. Usually when you get a play, usually when you get a flagrant foul, you get two free throws and the ball back. The only exception to that is if you hit a three, in which case two shots to make one and you get the ball back again. That's fascinating to me. I did not know that rule. John Michael Cavs play-by-play man on Bally Sports on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I don't know why. Uh, this this threw me because I've looked at the standings almost every day since the season began. We're now 42 games into the regular season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We've surpassed the halfway point for the Cavs. So considering there were all these sorts of questions about Donovan Mitchell's fit with, with kind of the guys that were in place here and the, the rest of the Cavs' core four, 42 games in, John. How far along is the Cavs' core four compared to where you thought they'd be by this time? Well, let me start by saying this. I think Mitchell's been brilliant, you know, and not just on the floor, but with his attitude, with his approach. You know, he could have come into camp and been like, listen, I'm a three-time All-Star. I'm going to show this fan base. I'm going to show the Eastern Conference just how good of a scorer I am. He averaged 26 points per game over each of the last two seasons, 24 over his first years 
in Utah, but he didn't do that. You know, it was a team-first approach. And all you have to do is look back at 71-point game. He had 11 assists. 11 assists in a 71-point game. You look at all this crazy 70-point game. Nobody was dishing out 11 assists. That was the first 70-10 game in NBA history. And I think that, you know, is, is a snapshot of his approach. It's not, I'm coming in here to score points. It's come coming in here to be a part of this team and win. You know, he acknowledged that there was something special going on with this Cavs team last year in terms of the chemistry, in terms of the young core. A lot of the new guys acknowledged that. Robin Lopez, for one, you know, he said this team really had something cooking last year. Mitchell has stepped in, been a part of that. Now, that said, in the second half of the season, guys, there's some work to do. I mean, there are some areas in which you knew that the learning curve was going to be steep in some aspects. One of them is the continued, you know, maturation of Donovan Mitchell playing alongside Darius Garland. That's certainly something to keep an eye on as we continue. Those two getting their big men involved as games progress, that's something we need to keep an eye on as well. But, you know, those are offensive things. Defensively, I think this team is wildly ahead of where a lot of people thought they'd be. Two years ago, this was the 25th-ranked defense in the NBA. Last season, they vaulted all the way up to 5th. Now the Cats have the number one defense in the league. And a big part of that, of course, are, are the anchors in the middle and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. But the guards have held their own. You know, and on paper, you looked at what the Cavs were going to bring out there guard-wise, and you thought mm, maybe this might not be a defensive team that can hold that number five ranking from last season. They've outdone that ranking. So I think defensively, they're way advanced in terms of where even the front office thought they might be in the coaching staff at this point offensively still a work in progress as we knew it would be and I think it only means good things that here the Cavs sit just past the halfway point and they're 10 over 500 right I mean they're right in the mix in terms of the top four or five in the Eastern Conference so I they put themselves in a really nice position right now while they're still learning while they're still figuring out which is part of what they need to do as they had hopefully toward their first postseason together. John, I was looking at Darius's home away splits the other day, just kind of looking at what of it's. I don't want to say up and down because he's still been really, really good. But you look at the home and away splits. He's his scoring is down eight points per game away from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and he's averaging a turnover more per game on the road. Is this a fluky stat, or is there something behind, or could there be something behind Darius's difference at home and in away? Well, I'll say this. It's not just Darius. I mean, you look at the stark difference between the home and road records. The Cavs are a sparkling 18-4 and four at home. That's the best home record in the Eastern Conference. They're a pedestrian 8-12 and 12 away from home. So those numbers don't just belong to Darius. They belong to a lot of guys if you look closely up and down that roster. I don't know. I mean, it's, do they need to figure that out? They do. I mean, and we're in the midst of a, a road trip right now where the Cavs hopefully can finish with wins against Portland and Minnesota coming up over the next two games. But, yeah, that's an area that they know that they need to address. They know they need to be better away from the friendly confines of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I think, again, the, you know, the optimistic part of this is that Cavs are 18 and 4 at home, right? I mean, they are drilling teams in their own building. So it's what you want to see. But, yeah, it's an area in which they need to improve here in the second half of the season. John, who scares you the most in the Eastern Conference? I've said Milwaukee since the beginning of the season. I, I really like Milwaukee's depth. They've had some uneven play as of late. They've been a bit ragged. Some of that has to do with injury. I mean, I don't think Chris Middleton 
is quite right yet. Boston's doing some crazy things on the offensive end of the floor at 29 and 12 right now. And Brooklyn, you can't discount Brooklyn, right? I mean, considering the talent that's on that basketball team, and since Jacques Vaughn took over, they're playing at a different level. And they're playing, I think, for the first time in years for each other. You know, they're playing hard on the defensive end. I think they've done a nice job. Sean Marks and that front office has done a nice job surrounding Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant with some pieces that finally fit. You know, some guys not only that can attack on the offensive end, but that can hold things down defensively. They're playing hard. They're playing together. Now, Kevin Durant recently has been injured. He's going to be out reportedly two to four weeks. So how the Nets are able to maintain without their number one guy, uh, we're going to find out here shortly. But those are some scary teams right now. Philadelphia is a lot better. Philadelphia did a terrific job in boosting their bench. I mean, Philly, you looked at them in previous seasons, and you said, yeah, that's Starting five is scary, but that bench isn't going to get you anywhere come playoff time, and it didn't. But, boy, they've gone out and made that team a lot tougher defensively, starting with P.J. Tucker. You look at players like Daniel House, Montrez Harrell, uh, DeAnthony Melton. So it's a different look in Philadelphia. If they can stay healthy, that, too, is a dangerous team. So, frankly, guys, the East, you look at the top of the East, it scares me more than the top of the West, and that has not been the case really over the past decade or so. The East is really, really tough right now, and the Cavs are going to have to battle to stay in that mix at the top. John, heat big. Uh, Dwayne Dedman threw a massage gun on the court <laughs> earlier this week after arguing with Eric Spolstra. If you were ejected from a game and you were incensed, what would John Michael throw out of the court as an <laughs> act of defiance? See, Dedman's now out of the box, right? This would have been, a, you know, their towels previously, water bottles. Hey, you throw one of those massage guns out there, you can throw anything <laughs> on the floor. So I had to do some thinking about that, but I think Deadman has opened up a whole new whole new area for people throwing things onto the floor <laughs> to get themselves ejected. I know, I know it wouldn't be a headset because you know what a son of a gun <laughs> those things are to replace. Real quick, Ricky Rubio, very close to returning here. What can we expect from Ricky in the second half of this season? I, I cannot wait for this guy to get back on the floor. And anybody who watched the Cavs last season know just how valuable Ricky was. In fact, when Ricky went down, it was near the end of December, there's a legit argument that he is the last player the Cavs could afford to lose. And when you look at that Cavs roster, it had two all-stars, you know, and that young core. But Ricky was just so tremendous at bringing this team where it needed to be and showing this team, I think, off the bench, you know, how important ball movement was. He was responsible in big part for getting Kevin Love going off that bench with the second unit. Same can be said for Jetty Osmond. They played terrifically with Ricky on the floor. I can't wait, guys. I mean, they're not going to rush him, you know, and I don't think he's going to see a lot of minutes early, but I think the re-signing of Rubio, after they traded him last year in the Karis LeVert deal, they got him back via free agency. I think he's already been a huge benefit, not only on the practice floor, but also on those sidelines. I can't wait to see him quarterback in that second group again. And like I said, I don't think they use him a lot of minutes early, but, man, I, I think he's going to be a huge, huge boost for this team down the stretch. John, whatever you throw on the court when you finally get ejected, we'll stand behind you. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Uh, can't wait to watch uh, Cavs, Blazers, and then, then come home here off this, uh, this road stand. We appreciate you, buddy. Hey, knowing you guys have my back, who knows what's going to end up on that floor. We'll see how the rest of this road trip goes. Thanks. I might accidentally throw you. I mean, I'm a pretty strong guy. That'd be, that'd be a problem, though, I think. 
<laughs> John, great stuff, man. Appreciate hey, thanks, you. Buddy. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. You take care. Good talking to you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.